The prospect of leaving the White House is a mixed bag. You might have heard that someone jumped the White House fence last week, but I have to give Secret Service credit. They found Michelle, brought her back. She's safe. Safe bag at home now. It's only nine more months, baby. Settle down. Hello again, this is Achieve Great Things. This is episode 10, part 2. We're going to pick up uh, right where we left off in our conversation with Brad Jenkins. We really hope you enjoy it, and um, let us know what you think. Thoughts, comments, feedback, podcast at hadaway.com. You know where to find us. Thanks for tuning in. I wanted to, I guess, just switch gears a little bit and talk about the the role of kind of comedy and humor and politics, and I think for you and funny or die i realize that you guys go beyond just just that piece but being known for that and that being sort of the brand um i'm sure that it changed a lot post november i'm just curious about what your take is on how that how that's shifted and then what's the role of using you know humor comedy that perspective in motivating people to actually get involved with stuff Uh, you know again i'm i'm biased here uh because i work at a comedy company um but uh, you know, Vox did a really great breakdown of the success of late night comedy talk show hosts in in speaking truth to power on, in, in a lot of ways, just straight up misinformation from this new administration compared to, um, you know, sort of cable news talking heads. And a lot of it really comes down to just the art form of comedy itself, that, that you know, comedy is, it only really works when it, it is, when it is brutally honest, right? Like yep. when, yep. when, you know, when it is able to, um, be 100% completely truthful. And I think that, you know, it can call things out in a way, um, and satirize things in a way that a serious, you know, taking misinformation seriously and trying to rebut, you know, uh, alternative facts or, um, in, in a lot of ways, just straight up misinformation with more information, um, uh, it ends up becoming a debate, right? It ends up becoming a, Oh, well, you know, but this person doesn't believe in climate science and this person (laughs) does. So it must be somewhere in the middle, you know, like, yeah. And so, but when you were able to attack, attack in my, you know, my perspective, because I'm a Democrat, and, and you know, I, I do think that um, the, the most biting uh, criticism and commentary um, have not come from the op-ed pages of the New York Times. It's come from Samantha Bee, right? It's come right. from John Oliver. Um, it's come from Funny or Die. It's come from places where um, you're able to just say, that's bullshit, that is straight up bullshit. And sometimes Jake Tapper can say it, right? Because, you know, there, yeah. are, there are a few people out there. There are the Tappers. You know, there's some journalists who I think are able to sort of take a step back and not just traffic in this, well, that, you know, I disagree. Um, comedy, you know, comedy is rooted 
even back to, you know, not to get cheesy here, but even back to the Shakespearean days, right? I used to do, I grew up and I used to do Shakespeare Theater in Princeton, New Jersey. I was like a theater nerd. I, I lived in Trenton, New Jersey, and I'd go into Princeton and do these Shakespeare plays. And the comic, the comic character, the, the fool, you know, the comic foil of each of these plays, whether it was a comedy or whether it was a tragedy like Hamlet, was always the truth the truth speaker, right? It was always the person on stage right. who was able to look at the audience and say, that king is bullshit. <laughs> what he just said was nonsense, right? Yeah. And so th- that, that tradition of, of, of being able to cut through, um, in many ways, this, this Trump apparatus. And I think that in the era of Trump, where... You know, he is able to tweet straight up um, misinformation, whether it's about Obama wiretapping him or whether about something that he actually said on the record and him claiming that he didn't say it. There's a lot of just straight up misinformation. And I think that comedy's role in this is not just, you know, I think people think of comedy and they think, oh, yeah, silly jokes or SNL. I don't think it's that. I think it's, um, the, the comedy that I'm being drawn to are, are the ones that illuminate and, uh, and educate. And in the cases of, uh, in the case of funny or die, it's mobilized. So it's, you know, which is, you know, of course the, the, the story healthcare.gov example, but it's in a lot of the stuff that we do. We, we don't want to just create killer content to create it. We want to make sure that there are very real outcomes, um, that come out of the content. And again, like, not to talk about John Oliver, but, you know, when he is able to, you know, like have a bit where he says, donate to this fund and I will put a commercial on the air on Bill O'Reilly <laughs> to reach the community that watches Bill O'Reilly. Yeah. It's a great bit, but it's, 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 it's brilliant. It's actually brilliant. It's brilliant that, you know, he's able to, again, use comedy and maybe, look, he's probably not converting a lot of Bill O'Reilly viewers, mm-hmm. but you know, my parent, you know, my father was one of the uh, probably few African-American, <laughs> few African-American men in, in New York that voted for Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. You know, my dad watch, my dad watches this stuff. My, like the, 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 the biting commentary of Trump has made my father rethink Trump. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. so I, I, like, I see it, this is anecdotal, but I see it. Like I see it in my own family, own family's life. Like the New York times wasn't going to do that for my father. Right. right. Like my dad wasn't going to read a uh, Nicholas Kristoff piece. Right. He just wasn't. So, yeah. you know, again, and this is, this is again, the, the power of comedy, but it's also the power of, you know, we, we are in these silos right now. Right. Whether it's, Fox News or MSNBC or CNN, where you know you're sort of you're sort of preaching to the converted. You're 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 you're, you're creating content specific to an ideology. And with Breitbart and with all of you know, uh, and I don't know what the equivalent is on the left. Um, you're not seeing th- these Facebook algorithms are just giving you what you want to see. The great thing about comedy is that it, it crosses party lines, right? There are a lot of Republicans that, that watch Jimmy Kimmel, and there's a lot of Republicans that watch, there are a lot of Republicans that watch Funny or Die videos. People don't even, 
it's crazy. I mean, like we have the Facebook data, like a lot of Republicans and independents watch funnier die stuff. Interesting. So, yeah. So that's, I think that's the other piece that if we're thinking about communication, it's, you know, we're not, look, I'm not one of these people that thinks we're going to like go into Appalachia and convert Trump voters or coal miners. Right. But, Again, if you're thinking about this younger demographic, if you're looking at these these new poll numbers, um, it's not a it's not a done deal that yeah, this this new generation, yeah, they may be turned off by Donald Trump, but um, if we as Democrats aren't offering them a vision and also aren't communicating with them on their terms. Um, we, you know, it's a jump ball, man. Like, who's to say who comes after Trump yeah. <laughs> on the yeah. Republican side? It's, I don't even, I've shrugged. I, I have no idea yeah. who, like, if we, I mean, like, if you would have told us 10 years ago that Donald Trump would be president, I think that that's the same, that is my same feeling right now. So we have to fight fire with fire. We can't rely on, we can't rely on, you know, television commercial, you know, 30-second tele, television commercials and New York Times op-eds in order to uh, reach uh, this new rising electorate that is more diverse, you know, um, all, all over the country um, and who don't, who don't identify as any party. Yeah. Um, that's where I feel like comedy also could be, you know, it's, it's like a gateway drug. It's an mm -hmm. opportunity to, it's, it's, we're, Entertaining first—that's the big thing. Like, mm -hmm. if, if 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 our if our content isn't entertaining, there's no point in us creating it. And and if the if the content is entertaining and it's ridiculing and it's firing people up, then that's even better. But um, you know, I, and and the, the, the last thing I'll say is, you know, I'm trying to say that everyone should go out and try to be try to do jokes, or every group should have you know be doing comedy creative campaigns <laughs> right, there's right. a version of there, you know there, there's a version of this for all types of storytelling right there, there's a version of this for you know, in the story of incredible volunteers that are on the front lines there's a version of this of you know uh you know maybe it's not funny maybe it's like very um you know it's very illuminating you know maybe basic facts i feel like Robert Reich does a really great job at this, right? Where it's just, mm -hmm. he does Facebook Live and, and he's educating and he's using a chalkboard and he's breaking down. So, you know, it, it comes in a variety of forms. What I am troubled by is that I'm still not seeing institutional uh, bravery and creativity. Mm -hmm. um, like, this is a time where everyone should be doing this. Everyone has an iPhone. Right, everyone, everyone has an iPhone. Everyone can edit. Um, yeah. If like eighteen-year-olds can do snap stories and become celebrities, why aren't large organizations that have millions of dollars of, of, of you know overhead being innovative on digital every day? You know, like yeah. we're just not. I'm just not. You know, I'm just not seeing it. No, I, I agree. I think there's a lot of talk about what we should do differently, but what you're, the kind of action you're advocating for is, is uh, I think, inspiring and good to think about. I guess the, the last question I would ask, just to 
get concrete if, if we can for our listeners who might be uh, communications folks at a nonprofit or a foundation or, or you know, a progressive minded business or whatever it is. What's um, what's some like, you know, one idea or, or tactical advice you'd give people um, to get started along this path or, or something to think about to help them kind of do their jobs more effectively right away? Yeah, well, look, I mean, I don't want this to be a paid commercial for Funny or Die, but reach out to Brad Jenkins at Funny or Die. We want to work with we, we, we want to work with all of you. But I think nice. that, to your point, you know, look, there are, one, you can do it. You, I mean, I think that there are, um, uh, we've seen, uh, you know, an organization like Move On, um, who, you know, uh, Nick Burnings, who's great. I mean, they, they have people over there who, and Ben Wickler, who are just, you know, they hired some great people, some great uh, producers in-house, and they're churning out great content. They have already, they have a big platform already. It doesn't require, um, in some cases, huge budgets, right? I mean, you're talking about, you know, a video that they shot with Van Jones that got, you know, 10 million views or something. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. Van on a green screen. Like, it's, you know, it's this isn't, you know, this isn't, uh, this isn't rocket science. I think that you know, the, the, what I would urge, what I would urge organizations to do is, um, you know, tap into the energy that's already out there. I think we're seeing it. We're seeing it in the streets. There's a march every week. That's awesome. Yeah. What concerns me, what concerns me is, you know, the marches are great, but, you know, anecdotally, 700,000 people went downtown Los Angeles and marched in the Women's March. 700, well, that was one of the crowd estimates of 700,000. There was a special election the next month in Los Angeles County. The turnout rate was 10%. It was like at its low, at one of its lowest turnouts, you know, in years. So this idea, this, this uh, you know, and, and granted, the Ossoff numbers look great, right? Um, there, there are a lot of like positive signs that this could be a wave election, right? And and yes, and like yes, Democrats are waking up. Young people are waking up. That's that's awesome. But I worry that we are not organizing, like we are not organizing this collective energy on the outside for real votes and real candidates um, soon enough. Like it's going to be. You know, Virginia and New Jersey are right around the corner. There are state mm-hmm. legislature races in those states. Midterms are right, you know, midterms will start, you know, in earnest right after that. Um, what are we doing here? Like, how long is this sort of resistance energy going to last? And how are these groups converting that energy into real electoral activity? And so I think that that's where, you know, funny or not, that's where we're investing right now and mm-hmm. we're working with. Um, some really smart 527s that are working with all these resistance groups. And like, that's what we want to do. We want to convert this energy into very specific electoral outcomes. And the thing about digital and the thing about storytelling is that um, you can do it. There is one, there is 100%. There's an opportunity to convert it um, through the energy, through storytelling, through the stuff that's happening in the streets with live events um, and I think that, again, digital is a place to go. And I also think that, you know, it's not about celebrity. This is the last thing I'll say, right? Like, I think that 
there is a lot been made of, um, I think Tina Fey even made a joke. I think what she said something along the lines of, if only, you know, if only we had more Lin-Manuel Miranda, you know, uh, Hamilton musicals, Hillary Clinton would have won, right? <laughs> right. There, there was this, like, there was this, there, there was this fatigue, which is to say people were like, oh, well, you know, celebrities don't matter. And, you know, the Joss Whedon Project, you know, all these celebrities say don't vote for Trump, right? Well, right. one, a celebrity, one, a celebrity did win the presidency, Donald Trump, who is, a, who is legit a celebrity. <laughs> but two... But two, yeah, right, those celebrities were not going to be an effective messenger against Donald Trump. I 100% agree with that assessment. But at the same time, like, we still, in my opinion, we still have not really been strategic about leveraging real influencers on local elections, on state legislature races, on just letting people know that, shit, there is an actual election, <laughs> Right. Like, there are midterms, right. Right. and, like, you should vote in them. And it's not about even persuasion. It's just about basic, you know, straight-up marketing, just like you do a countdown for the Star Wars movie that's coming out, and there's a trailer, and everyone knows that, that, that that's coming out. We need to be doing the same type of marketing and same type of storytelling for these races that are right around the corner that are going to be very, very important. Um, and most especially for the midterms where, again, it's like, what is the turnout rate for young people for midterms? Like 12%? It's atrocious. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, so, you know, the only way we take back the House as Democrats is to do something completely disruptive, Right. It can't be margins anymore. It can't be, oh, all right, let's spend a little bit more on digital. Or, like, let's do maybe one more, you know, funny Facebook thing. Yeah. If we were smart, yeah. if, if as communications professionals, if Donald Trump winning the presidency is a national emergency, if we were treating it as such, we should be doing, sh you should be seeing it already. We should be seeing super PACs and organizations come out and say, let's go big. Let's, let's get, let's get crazy here. You know, maybe let's not have Jared Kushner buy like, you know, Facebook farms and fake news, but like, but what are we doing? Um, and so, you know, and, and again, like I'm, I am probably sound like the guy who's crying wolf over here, but I just don't, I feel energy like because anecdotally, I'm out there, and I'm, I, I'm in L.A., and I'm down in Austin, and I'm, you know, I was in, in the middle of Oklahoma City, uh, where my family is, uh, a few weeks ago. Like, there are people protesting in Oklahoma City. So, like, the yeah. energy is out right, there. Right. I, don't, I don't see the energy from communications professionals to say, shit, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. What are we doing? What are we doing differently? You know, how are we leveraging this energy in a new way. And, you know, I, you know, my job in this town is going around town and, and being the guy who cries wolf. And hopefully, you know, we are able to continue to do more fun stuff that will prove the case to, you know, an awesome candidate who's like, you know mm -hmm. what? Fuck it. I'm going 50, 50, right? Right. <laughs> right? Like right. I'm going 50, 50. Let's do, let's just do this thing. And I hope that we can do it. I hope that we figure out the right candidate and the right agency and the right team. And we, 
you know, we can change the world, not to be cheesy. No, I mean, I think you're, um, this is great, and I think um, our listeners, I'm sure, will appreciate your mix of inspiration and um, instilling of fear, because I think um, if, if you don't come away from this conversation, both it's inspired and, and very, very worried, then, um, you know, then, then you weren't listening very closely. So, Brad, I appreciate you bringing that perspective, and I do think the what you're doing and what you guys are doing is is important and, and unique and really cool and i hope we can work with you guys too so we'll we should talk more about that but in the meantime um thank you so much for taking so much time to to chat with us today rj thank you man and thank you for doing this pod i mean it's it's so good and no one i think you probably are the only podcast that, that is that that is you know talking to you know i think that Again, it's one of these politics is one of these things where everyone has a, has an opinion, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like at the at the dinner table during you know during Thanksgiving when you're on the train next to someone and you say what you do, and everyone has an opinion because this stuff matters, right? I mean, yep. the the work that we do matters in such a huge way in real lives, right? I mean, real families are affected by our ability to either communicate effectively or not, right? Yeah, yeah. And the stakes, in my opinion, the stakes could not be higher for, for our profession. The stakes could not be higher. And, you know, I, you know, I spoke to a good friend, Tim Lim is a, is a good friend at Boy Pulpit. We just had a drink last week. And, we, you know, we were saying, like, there are a lot of these uh, summits that are taking place, like the Arena Summit, where they're bringing together people running for office and organizations like Indivisible and Daily Action and Women's March. And it's great that the, the sort of organizers are coming together and really sharing tactics and really sharing, you know, and, and working together. I haven't seen that from the communications professional side. Yeah. Or maybe it's happening, but maybe it's happening and I'm just not invited. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> like, I think that we... I think we need to start doing it. I think we need to start sharing best practices. I think we need to be brutally honest about, you know, how we really feel about this past cycle. And, you know, maybe people are going to listen to this and think that I'm a complete asshole and think that I'm completely wrong. Like, off, like that's great. Like, I want to know that and I want to have the conversation and I want to figure it out. But I feel like, you know, we are, you know, people don't think of us as, um, as organizers. And I think that in a way we are right. Yeah. Right. Like those yeah. organizers that are knocking on doors that have that lit, like when they knock on that door, the person that's opening it is someone who has heard the candidate say something or hopefully seen something from the candidate. Um, and the, you know, if, and if we're not doing our jobs effectively, then that, that organizer is not going to get anywhere. Yeah. So, no, totally. you know, c- communicating, communicating is so, so very important. And like, you know, funny or die, like we, we love it. I mean, like my job at the white house was being a convener and just bringing really smart people together. And I still sweet funny. Or die, we still sort of view ourselves in that way. And so we're, you know, we're talking to folks like Tim and talking to folks like you about, you know, how do we, how can we be a convener and bring all these equities together and figure out a path, you know, figure out a path forward and, and, and have these very honest conversations. So, so thank you, RJ, for, uh, you know, for having me on, man. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm definitely your, I'm definitely your like least reputable 
podcast guest, but I but I appreciate the uh, the invitation. Well, I think you're I, I think you're I think you're giving yourself way too little credit, and I think um I think you're I think you're inspiring people. But let's let's commit to having another conversation where we bring people together in D.C. and talk about how to communicate more effectively and joining forces a little bit more because I think you're right, and I think we can we can do much much more than than what we're doing. So let's do that, and thank you again for joining, Brad. Awesome, man. Thank you so much, RJ. I'll talk to you soon, man. Okay. Thanks again for tuning in to Achieve Great Things. If you like what you hear, subscribe on iTunes and give us a review there. Um, Shoot us an email at podcast at hideaway.com if you have thoughts, suggestions, comments. Thank you very much for listening. See you next week. Uh, The prospect of leaving the White House is a mixed bag. Uh, You might have heard uh, that someone jumped the White House fence last week, but uh, I have to give Secret Service credit. They found Michelle, brought her back. She's safe. Safe bag at home now. It's only nine more months, baby. Settle down.